Welcome to the Bridge Builder Program, an initiative of the Minnesota Catholic Conference where we help you bring your faith into public life. I'm Jason Adkins, Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and joining me in studio today is our producer and Minnesota Catholic Conference Communications Manager, Kit Cross. Good morning, Kit. Hey, good morning, everyone. Hope that you're having a very blessed Saturday. You can catch us each Saturday here on Relevant Radio, AM 1330 at 11 a.m. But if you miss an episode or want to catch up on past episodes of The Bridge Builder, just visit mncatholic.org slash podcast. Again, that's mncatholic.org slash podcast. You can also find The Bridge Builder podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Each week, we try to bring you great interviews on some of the major issues impacting how we live our faith in public life. We also answer your questions through our mailbag segment, and you can email those to us at show at mncatholic.org. Again, show at mncatholic.org or contact us on social media. And it wouldn't be the bridge builder if we didn't provide you with practical ways that you could become a missionary disciple by bringing faith into public life through our bricklayer segment. Well, the holidays are supposed to be a wonderful time of year spent with friends and family, and it seems so long as no one brings up religion or politics, that can still be the case. But oftentimes we're approaching these days with trepidation. Sometimes these topics inevitably come up with friends and family, and the question remains, how do we keep the conversation civil, especially as we move closer to next year's presidential election? To help Catholics across the country answer this question and truly engage in civil discourse, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has launched a new campaign called Civilize It. Today, we're blessed to have on the line Emily Schumacher-Novak, who is the Assistant Director of Education and Outreach for the USCCB, and helped spearhead the creation of the content for this engaging and important Civilize It campaign. Emily's a native of Wisconsin and a graduate of Marquette University. She's worked in higher ed and campus ministry, and for the last 18 months has worked for the USCCB. Emily, welcome to the Bridge Builder Show. Hi, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Tell us more about why the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops decided to launch this Civilize It campaign. Oh, you bet. Uh, We're really excited about the launch of the Civilizing Campaign, and we're so grateful that you all are talking about it today. Um, We really thought that this was a good time to do this, as you mentioned in the outset, um, that as we get closer to the 2020 election and that we've seen, you know, a real breakdown of civil discourse and uh, really taking human dignity as the beginning point of um, all of our conversations, and we really wanted to bring that back into the focus, especially for Catholics. Um, you know, we have this model of how to be a better, how to how to model a better way for our um, brothers and sisters, and to really um, showcase how we believe in human dignity as um, first and foremost as the most important thing. Is that you know each of us is a sacred, beloved child of God, and and deserves that that love and attention that um, that we would hope for ourselves. And so, how can we use civilize it to sort of bring that? Um, that mentality into our public into our public life and into our public discourse. So you're saying that even if people are wrong, they still have dignity, and we should respect them. I am <laughs> saying that. I know it's uh, it's uh, somewhat. Uh, it seems a little bit um, unconventional, almost. How did we get to this point where it seems that both sides believe that the answer to solving and resolving political differences is to uh, threaten locking up the other side? I know, yeah. So what we really want to focus on is um, is that human dignity and, and really come back to that moment of that, you know, 
not all uh, viewpoints have the same sort of validity, but they're, but each person has the same um, inviolable human dignity in the eyes of God. And so how do we really focus on that and talk about, you know, where is it that our, um, how do we talk about our experiences? How do we invite our, our brothers and sisters to reflect on um, why we come to the decisions that we come to and to know that um, most importantly, that, you know, he or she is a beloved child of God and that that is really um where our focus is and how do we um, how do we move from that space into a conversation about things that we might disagree about and validly disagree about, but we can do that in a way that really honors the, the importance of um, others' experiences. Some people might look at this campaign and scoff and say, well, you know, the church is just telling us to be nice to each other, you mm-hmm. know, okay, whatever. But this is really goes far beyond that. Tell us, tell us more about the spirit and really the substance of Civilize It. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, in fact, that's one of the things that I was thinking a lot about as we were working on some of these resources, is how do we avoid the idea that um, this is just niceness? Niceness is different from civil discourse. Um, we're not going along just to get along. You know, I'm a Midwesterner, and so I, I know well that sort of, like, niceness um, and how important that is. But I also know that um, what, we're, what we're talking about is really sort of not shying away from holding firm to our our beliefs and our convictions and to knowing what it is that the gospel teaches us and how we take those gospel values and how we root all of our decisions to and how we act and uh, how we are in our daily life um, and how do we sort of move that into the public square as well. Now, sometimes today the that passion and anger and even dropping the occasional F-bomb if you're a political political candidate, this is seen as like authenticity and, and you know, real passion and not just the scripted political discourse that we often hear from politicians. And, you know, th- this seems to be driving a lot of this is this is really more authentic and, and shows that people really care. But it seems that's a distortion, too. How do we balance like righteous anger when there are true injustices with the need to be civil at the same time? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that that's a really important piece is, is how do we um, sort of take a moment and sort of step back from some of that anger and that vitriol that, that can so ingrain us. And it's easy to fall into, right? Um, I'm sure all of us have moments where we would have responded differently to a person when confronted with something that's really difficult or, or something that's a really difficult topic for us. Um, but I also think that it's important for us to think about why is it why it is that we believe those things and why they're so strongly why we react so strongly to that um, and to think about how um, would God ask us to respond to one another in that moment. How does social media play into all of this? I, I mean, I think everyone recognizes that um, it it it's a great channel for information, but at the same time, um, because in fact there's not that express human connection. We're not looking at someone face to face. We're not sitting in someone's living room. It gives us license to be nasty generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, and that's one of the things that the bishops have really um, sort of put out there as something that's important in this um, in this campaign is to think about what role does social media play and how do we see our extension, the extension of ourselves that exists on social media as part of ourselves, and thus, how do we see that the other person on the other side of the keyboard is also a beloved child of God and is deserving of that human dignity that we would want for ourselves and that we know that God expects um, of us to treat one another with? Now, one of the bumper sticker taglines I really like that has, it's on a related theme, it's, it's you can, we can disagree without being disagreeable. 
What does that look like, practically speaking? That's a great question. Um, I think that what's important about civilize it and civil discourse is that we need to bring um, open hearts and open minds to the table. Uh, one of the things that the bishops are, are hoping to accomplish with this campaign is to invite people to think about what are the things that we really hold true to, especially in our Catholic faith. We know that we have strong gospel values and that we can we are called to live those out in a public way every day. And we can do that with love and respect. We can do that without yelling at one another or without treating the other person as less than what they are as um, as a true human. Um, and so, how do we how do we bring that into our into our conversations? Um, sometimes it is hard to uh, sort of step back from that that disagreeableness or from that anger. Um, but I think that that's what we are called to do as Christians, as in the model of Christ, of to take a deep breath and think, what is it that how would I respond to this person um, if I could remember that God sees them with the eyes of love um, and that God sees them as a um, as one of his children? So I think that that's an important piece of sort of remembering that the disagreeableness, you know, it's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to um, hurl insults at, at another person. Um, and in fact, civilize it is an opportunity for us to deepen our conversations and deepen our connections in our in community as we are called to build community, um, to think about who are our brothers and sisters and how are we asked to invite them into conversation. Um, and it could be a real tool for evangelization as well. Um, how do I invite someone into a conversation that can be difficult and can be hard to do? Um, but if there are two open hearts and minds at the table, how do we, you know, have a conversation with with them about their own experiences and how they've arrived at their positions and and how does the gospel values interact for them and how do they bring their faith into public life every day just the way that you know as a participant in the conversation I would want to be able to explain on my side as well. We're speaking with Emily Schumacher Novak, who is Assistant Director of Education and Outreach at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, Office of Domestic Social Development. And Emily, say a little bit more about this theme of modeling and uh, civil public discourse and the USCCB's Civilize It campaign and its connection to evangelization. I think that might be surprising for some people that modeling civic discourse can be a mode of evangelization. Yeah, I think um, any time that we are in an when we have an opportunity to have a conversation with folks, you know, our faith speaks volumes for itself. And so, how is it that I am able to share with someone my how my faith motivates me to act in public life, and how that might be an invitation for them to think more deeply about how it is that their faith invites them to act um, every day in public life, and that at the root of civilize it, we're about building communities too. Um, how do we? Make space for civil dialogue to happen in our in our communities. Um, often that might seem like something that oh that's so quaint or that doesn't happen anymore. We don't do those things. But you know, as Catholics, we know that community is really important. It's why we gather. It's one of the reasons we gather every every week, um, and often more often than that to to pray as a community. And so within our community, how do we create safe spaces for people to have important conversations um, about the things that really matter? And and people will get. Um, sometimes those are difficult topics because we believe so strongly in the things that we believe in. Now, one of the challenges, it seems, in our polarized public discourse is that people are living in different universes. They're having different experiences. They uh, watch different media. They have different socioeconomic or cultural circumstances. It's almost like we don't even know how to talk to each other. How can we overcome that gap in our polarized political culture? 
Mm, that's a good question, too. Um, one of the gifts, I think, of civil discourse is that very idea that what we're doing is not asking anyone to be an expert in any particular thing, although expert opinions are important. Um, I think what we're asking people to do is be an expert in their own experience and to bring that to the table um, and to really delve deeply into their own experiences of where God is calling them to be um, and to be active and to lift their voice um, on behalf of a particular issue um, and to really think about what is it, what are those motivations for them and, and where do those come from? Um, how does your faith sort of interact with the reflection upon your experiences um, to sort of see where God is guiding us in our lives? Emily, say a little bit about the practical resources and the toolkit that uh, the Civilize It campaign has put together. It's not just merely a series of exhortations, but there's you know real practical things like a pledge and a prayer. Um, share a little bit more about uh, what the resources that Catholics can access through the Civilize It campaign at civilizeit.org. Yeah, absolutely right. So civilizeit.org is really where you can find all of the resources. There's a great pledge on there that we're inviting all Catholics or people of goodwill to take. Anyone can take this pledge. And really, the pledge is inviting people to three things. One, to civility. Obviously, that's something we've been talking about for a little bit now, um, something that even when we disagree with others, that we commit to treating them with respect and to rising above those attacks, especially when those attacks are directed at me. Two, the second thing is to, that we're pledging to clarity, to be um, clear about what it is that I believe, and this sort of goes back to one of your earlier questions, um, and to sort of think about what is it that my well-formed conscience, uh, which involves prayer and conversation um, and study, um, how does that impact my ability to sort of articulate clearly what it is that I do believe and, and why I believe it, and to really hold true to that, and to do that when, in love and in truth. And then three, compassion. I pledge to to be a compassionate person, to encounter others with a tone and a posture that affirms our dignity. Um, and, you know, human dignity is really the sort of the foundation for so much of the social mission of the Church. And so how do we bring that as a model um, for our, our conversations in addition to um, all of the other actions that we take? That is motivated by our faith. So the the pledge, those three things: civility, clarity, and compassion, is available at civilizeit.org. Um, you can take it, the pledge there, and you'll see a list um, on another page of all of the people across the country who have taken this pledge, which is really wonderful to be able to to do that. And then you can share it, of course, social media, all of those things. And so, um, as we were talking earlier about social media and how we really need to bring the extensions of ourselves that exist on social media into the civil dialogue, um, that we can. Um, we can use this as, as a piece of doing that, inviting our brothers and sisters online to uh, also um, pledge for civil dialogue. And then we have some other really practical things as well, um, sharing the pledge with your family, especially as you're coming around holiday f functions. Um, there's several reflections about what civil di dialogue can do for us and how for us as people of faith is a really important um, piece of that um, and how our our how as our as people of faith, the reflection can help us think about what it is about civil dialogue that um, is unique at, from the Catholic lens. What what does our Catholic faith tell us about why civil dialogue is important? Um, and then we have um, a couple of other. We have the 
slides available in um, Spanish and along with one of the reflections as well. Um, there's more information about conscience formation. There's a media kit for if you want to share it with your networks. Um, there's an examination of conscience that is, I think is really helpful for thinking about ways that um, I might not have always responded in love uh, to difficult situations in the past and how I can do that in the future. Um, so I think there's a lot of really great resources. There's a pastoral aid, um, there's prayers for civility, all of those things. Emily, one of the uh, ways in which Civilize It uh, is an important resource is a companion to the document, Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. Can you say a little bit more about uh, the role of forming our consciences and, and having a strong grounding in Catholic social teaching as a way of being better at being a good civil actor in the public discourse? For sure. Um, forming consciences, um, as you know, is a really important tradition in the Catholic Church of thinking deeply about what does the what does the church teach me what does the gospel values teach me with the teachings of Jesus right out of the scripture and then how do we take those things and put them into practice every day because we need one another we need both of those things need one another in order for us to be you know fully engaged in the world around us um, and we want to do that with with our faith sort of informing all of those decisions and and that doesn't happen by accident. Um, it takes time, and it takes um, a little bit of work, um, and really thinking about how are we being open to truth and to what is right? How do we study the sacred scripture? How do we examine facts and background information, and then prayerfully reflect and discern on all of the things that, that bring us to that moment? Catholic social teaching is a very big, important piece of that. It um, is so rooted in the gospel and the scriptures, and the um, both the magisterial teachings of the Church, and then additional um, documents that bishops' conferences have put out over the years uh, that really helps us think about how do we bring our faith into practice every day in really difficult situations, because we're not, you know, if it was an easy answer, there would be an easy answer um, to, to give. But really thinking about how do we, um, how do we think about the, the fullness of the human person and some of all, and all of the pieces that go into that. Forming our conscience um, can really help us to think about um, how do we take the teachings of the Church and the Scripture, and then how does our community help us form that as well. So there's lots of pieces of, of uh, conscience formation that can um, help us think deeply about how it is that we are, we are called to be um, people of faith in the public square. Yeah, one of our experiences here is that uh, good grounding in principles can be a place to build common ground. So even though we might disagree about particular policies or politicians even, if we can at least establish shared common ground at the level of principle, and that's what Catholic social teaching provides, that can be a way of furthering uh, good substantive discourse. Emily, yeah, exactly. oh, go ahead. Did you want to say something about that? No, I disagree with that completely. I'm so glad that you uh, sort of put that point on, and I think that's a wonderful way to say that. Emily, where else uh, can people go if they want to find more about uh, the Civilize It campaign and the resources? Right. So civil, all of our Civilize It details are at civilizeit.org. We have a resource page that is continually updated. Um, Civilize It officially launched on November 3rd, a year out from the 2020 um, election day, the national election day. But we will be offering additional resources as the year goes on. And then as we hear of dioceses and communities um, implementing that, we would love to share that information um, and, and the ways that communities are putting civil dialogue into um, into practice in their communities.
Well, this is a really an important campaign. Civilizeit.org. Emily Schumacher-Novak from the USCCB has been gracious enough to share more about uh, this important new campaign, especially as we head into this upcoming election year and beyond the need for Catholics to model civil public discourse. Emily Schumacher-Novak, thanks for your good work and God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for the time today. And we'll be back in a moment with our mailbag segment. Welcome back to The Bridge Builder, where we help you connect your Catholic faith and public life. I'm Jason Adkins, Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and now it's time to delve into our mailbag to hear what comments and questions that you've been sending our way. Kit, what have you got for the mailbag segment today? Yeah, so today's question comes from Victoria on Facebook. Her question is actually a really great follow-up to the discussion that we just had regarding the Civilize It campaign. Victoria points out that a lot of our elected leaders, candidates for office, they're not a, always exactly civil in their own discourse, and their messages then are amplified by various media platforms. So her question asks, how can we as Catholics respond to people who excuse the incivility of our elected leaders by saying the elected leaders are just defending themselves against attacks? Certainly our politics has become very polarized. Um, it's uh, oftentimes rather than a mode of service and a great conversation about how we build our common life together to really a power play where the ends justifies the means, including that in our speech. And oftentimes uh, political leaders and public officials are exposed to vitriolic attacks. Some of them just outright lies, uh, what has commonly become known as fake news. And there's a righteous uh, and certainly a sense of indignation uh, when that is the case. And uh, as we discussed with um, our guests today, that this is a dimension of our public life and our public discourse is that people want authenticity. They like it when people show some passion. They like when people care and don't have the sort of scripted um, responses to different things. But we have to measure, you know, are we getting anxious or anxious or expressing righteous anger uh, because there's tr that we're speaking out against injustice or are we doing it because they're simply attacking our person or attacking our party or uh, group or uh, association etc cetera, etc cetera. so what is the source of that anger is it legitimate that when it's expressed are we fostering uh, public r rational public discourse are we bringing light or bringing heat and I think that's uh, why it's important that the civilized campaign has an examination of conscience in this regard is certainly there's a legitimate righteous anger but are we again fostering the discourse are we helping bring the conversation at, uh, into substance or is it just merely uh, political infighting and personal character attacks ad hominem attacks as we like to say you know, attacks on the person you know what's really going on and that should be an important moment of uh, examining our conscience for all of us so yeah undoubtedly uh, people are responding out of uh, indignation when they're attacked oftentimes unfairly but at the same time how do we move beyond that and, and keep our conversation and our political discourse at the level of substance and again that doesn't mean just simply being nice to each other it means you know speaking the truth boldly but doing so in a way that's designed to attract um, Pope Francis has a really good line that we can take truth and use it like a stone uh, to either hurl at people 
Um, or we can put that in an outstretched hand and it becomes like a jewel that people uh, want to take up for themselves. That's what truth is. It should be beautiful. It should be attractive. And when we offer it um, with the hand of friendship, it's off. It's more likely to be embraced. So uh, do we simply want to express righteous anger to make ourselves feel good? Um, or do we actually want to convert people to our side of the argument? So it's a good examination of consciences to what our political discourse really looks like. I think it's worth saying and, and reciting this uh, prayer from the Civilize It campaign, a prayer for civility. And I'll just take a moment, uh, and you can find this on civilizeit.org, but let me just take a moment and share that prayer with you. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where uncivil words prevail. Show me how to model love. Help me remember the God-given dignity of all and invite others to do the same. Show me how to build bridges and not walls and see first what unites us rather than how we diverge. Let me seek to understand before asking to be understood. Give me a listening heart filled with empathy and compassion. May I be clear in sharing my own position and respectful and civil in describing those of others. Let me never tolerate hateful ideas. May I invite all to charity and love. Lord, help me to imitate your compassion and mercy. Make me an instrument of your peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a really uh, lovely prayer. And of course, it echoes uh, the prayer that's often attributed to St. Francis, make me a channel of your peace. Um, and again, oftentimes we have to, when we're struggling, when we're emotional, take a moment to say a little prayer and then begin again in our public discourse, but always trying to bring the light of truth into it and not simply expressing heat. So before we go today, we also want to provide our listeners a practical way that they can start living out the call to be faithful citizens. Listeners, each week we're going to give you practical tips on how to start bridging the gap between faith and politics. This is our Brick Layer segment. On Sunday, January 5th, the Feast of the Epiphany of Our Lord, Catholics across Minnesota will observe Immigration Sunday. And this is um, will be its 11th year of observance here, something that happens every year in Minnesota on Epiphany, a way in which we express solidarity with our brothers and sisters who are refugees, who have sought asylum, uh, who are immigrants and migrants, to, to help understand their stories and their plight better. Many of those people are in our parishes. Um, to what extent have we encountered them, understood who they are, their challenges, their struggles, their joys, and their hopes, and in what ways are we advocating for them as brothers and sisters in Christ? To help facilitate the observance of Immigration Sunday, every year the Minnesota Catholic Conference puts out a significant batch of resources, and those can be found at mncatholic.org slash Immigration Sunday. Again, that's mncatholic.org slash Immigration Sunday, particularly resources for parishes to observe Immigration Sunday as a community and to build bridges and, and, and networks of solidarity between Catholics and migrants in their own communities. Uh, Immigration Sunday also is part of the kickoff to National Migration Week in which we as a national church in the United States consider these questions around migration. Again, more materials and information can be found at mncatholic.org slash Immigration Sunday. That's all the time we have for today, but remember, you or your organization can become a sponsor of The Bridge Builder. By doing so, you help others bring the Catholic faith into the public arena. Becoming a sponsor of The Bridge Builder Show is a great opportunity for businesses and organizations to advertise. Let listeners that you support bringing our Catholic faith into public life. For opportunities, contact our producer, Kit Cross, and you can email her at show at mncatholic.org for more information. Listeners, you can also be a part of our mailbag segment. Just send any of your questions or comments to show at mncatholic.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 
Then tune in next week to find out if we include your question or comment. Remember, you can catch up on any past episodes of The Bridge Builder online at mncatholic.org podcast or search for The Bridge Builder Podcast on your favorite podcast app. What better way to end our podcast of great conversations than with great sacred music? Here we are with Dona Nobis Pachem, Grant Us Peace, performed by the National Catholic Youth Choir at St. John's Abbey and University. Peace be with you in this new year. God bless you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>